0: The Stoic Lawyer. My name is Kristen.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: Welcome to the first episode of the Stoic Lawyer Podcast. The episode you're about to hear was intended to be the second episode, but instead we are publishing it first. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you again next week.
1: Hello again, Kristen. Hi. Hey. So we we, um, we were talking about the other day dealing with difficult attorneys or situations in which it feels like, you know, you your day was ruined or you're upset by dealing with a difficult party on the other side, right? Yes. And... That's just sort of common in our line of work, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, attorneys, I think as a, a general lot, um, can be rather difficult to deal with. And I think there's a reason uh, that attorneys have some bad stereotypes because there are a lot of attorneys who who are really difficult and maybe unreasonable. And um, if you're one of the attorneys who maybe isn't or doesn't generally practice that way, I think one of your biggest challenges can be. Dealing with those types of people,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you know you're you're going to encounter them absolutely. And so it's almost a daily experience. I,
0: I would say, if not daily, multiple times a week.
1: And I think there are several you know, passages. I think, in, well, Marcus Aurelius' really meditation specifically, but just Stoic philosophy in general addresses this kind of issue.
0: Okay. Yeah. So the one that um, the one that I think we decided to talk about today yeah. uh, is from Book Six of meditations it's uh paragraph 20 or entry 20 yeah. um and i'm gonna read it and then we're gonna talk about it that's good uh so meditations uh 6 in the ring our opponents can gouge us with their nails or butt us with their heads and leave a bruise but we don't denounce them for it or get upset with them or regard them from then on as violent types We just keep an eye on them after that, not out of hatred or suspicion, just keeping a friendly distance. We need to do that in other areas. We need to excuse what our sparring partners do and just keep our distance without suspicion or hatred.
1: Yeah, I really like that one. (laughs) What I like about it too is that, you know, when you talk about the practice of law, often it is a competition.
0: Well, we frequently refer to it as as being in the ring or having an opponent, or yeah. or winning and losing. Yes.
1: Won the trial, lost the trial.
0: Won the motion, lost the motion.
1: Yeah, and so sparring partner, uh, you're in the ring. You're you're sparring with another attorney.
0: I think what I like about this that I didn't notice the first uh, couple of times I read it in preparation for talking about it today that that I just noticed is it's kind of two lessons in one. Yeah, how so? Um, because to me the first paragraph that's talking about what happens in the ring, right? In the ring, they're saying you know our opponents can um, can do things maybe below the belt or or um, I think the words uh, Mark that the meditations has is you know uh, butt us with their heads, leave a bruise, mm-hmm. but we don't denounce them for it or get upset. I actually think a lot of lawyers do <laughs> um, get upset over what happens in the ring. And so I think that's yeah. the first part of this. Yeah. And then and you're right. Yeah, let's talk about the first for a it, second it, if we can.
1: It, how many times have you been in the office or been the person that goes back to the office Because I can't believe this lawyer did blank? It was below the belt. It was dirty. Uh,
0: Again, if not every day, multiple yeah. times a week depending on how large of an office you're in or how often you're in court, you know, or in a deposition or something like that. But if you, if you litigate with any frequency and are in a space with even a few other lawyers who litigate frequently, Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine many people who would say it's not at least a weekly occurrence.
1: Yeah. And you know, it going in, you know, it going into the field, the whole profession. And you know, that day, you got a contested motion with a lawyer with a reputation, or somebody you've had a run in with before. You know how it's going to go, and then we—I'm not just you—we all we've all done it. <laughs> we're surprised that it's contentious, and that we get riled up about it.
0: Right, we're surprised at their behavior. Um, we have a a personal reaction to it. Um, very frequently, and so I think I think the first part of this is just the passage is is presuming that we already know that and that we already do that well. Mm-hmm. And I know I fail at that on at least a weekly basis, probably. Although I've I've gotten a lot better since our, um, uh, conversations. yeah, conversations about stoicism and and my readings about it. I have gotten better about it, but. But it's, it's hard because you're, you're also it's an environment in which you're you're supposed to be passionate, right? You're supposed to care about um, about what's going on or about the result and about the outcome. And and as lawyers, right, we care about rules. I mean, that's that's the basis of what we do, right, the laws. And so I think for some of us, it's even more personally bothersome mm-hmm. when other members of our alleged rule following um profession don't do that
1: yeah maybe they're (laughs) playing a little differently than we are Uh, okay so what's the second part
0: so the second part um is we need to do that in other areas we need to excuse what our sparring partners do and just keep our distance without suspicion or hatred so I think what the passage, again, presumes is that when we're in the ring, we know, like, don't take it personally, leave it on the field, don't take it back to the office, all those kinds of things. But we don't always do that in other areas, right? We, we don't always um, excuse what they've done if it's not in that heat of the moment, Um exchange or battle so to speak mm-hmm. so, so i think that's the second point like it's first you should you should i guess obviously excuse it if it's on the field of battle and then secondarily to that we need to carry that principle into other areas other interactions other um even relationships mm-hmm.
1: yeah so sort of don't be surprised and don't take it personally yeah yeah, I think that's right. If I could tell a brief story that reminds me of this passage, and I'll spare everyone all the details, but I had a, um, I was a prosecutor and had a DUI trial. And uh, again, without getting into the weeds of all the details, there was a pretrial motion that I, as a prosecutor, not bring up a specific. I'd piece of evidence. Part of the investigation that was arguably irrelevant. Okay. And um, it was the defense counsel's motion. I didn't, I didn't fight it. I more or less conceded it. That's fine. It didn't...
0: Well, because in your opinion, and you've told me this story, so that's why I kind of know where you're going. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, the evidence wasn't... The, what he was worried about you discussing wasn't relevant anyway.
1: Right. I didn't need it to prove my case. Um, it wasn't something I... Really had planned on bringing up. I may have mentioned as just part of the investigation, um,
0: but. But you certainly had no problem agreeing to not talk about it.
1: Correct. So, just before trial, that judge tells me not to bring it up in my opening statement. Okay, fine. So I stand up, opening statement. I make it. I sit down. Ministering stands up to make his opening statement. And he pretty much leads with the DA is hiding things from you. He intentionally didn't tell you about that thing that the defense attorney had asked the judge to make sure I didn't mention during opening statement. Okay.
0: So, so he's the reason you can't and don't mention it. And then he gets up and tells the jury that you didn't mention it, and the reason you didn't is because you're a sneaky prosecutor who's hiding the truth from them.
1: Yeah, and it, exactly. And it's it was something that I must not want them to know because it must indicate the, the defendant's innocence somehow. Yeah.
0: How did you feel about that in the moment?
1: I was furious. I remember... It almost felt like heartburn, <laughs> I think... I was at the moment I was just angry, I thought, wait a minute, because I I was never intentionally hiding anything from anyone and and consider myself a very ethical prosecutor. And I thought that's ridiculous. You told me I couldn't or you you told the judge to ask me not to say it and the judge ordered me not to.
0: Well in fact you you agreed not to and then that became an order of the court. So I was
1: just Well, I thought playing by the rules, following the order. And um, I objected. Um, I don't remember what words I said, but basically I wanted the judge to tell the jury I wasn't allowed to talk about it.
0: That you weren't purposefully hiding it from them, that, that it was a pretrial ruling. And Correct. um, in my experience with jury instructions, the, the judge, I would imagine this is true in all jurisdictions, uh, certainly where we live, instructs them that they are not to presume anything or, or assume anything from her rulings, right? She yeah. They are just to accept the ruling without... Without trying to read it. trying to read anything into it. so if she had if she had said that to them, it probably largely fixes the issue.
1: I thought so. And that's all I wanted was just the judge saying, "Hey, by the way, I told him he couldn't talk about that. I didn't even really care if it came out that it was at the defense attorney's request.
0: You just wanted them to know you were following the rules
1: right. Judge, I wanted them to know the judge said, Brian, you can't say that. So I didn't say it. <laughs> and the judge wouldn't actually address the jury about it. Um, she thought that it would be, I think, drawing too much attention to it. And then it would be this red herring that they would be obsessed with. And she didn't think it sounded that bad. The way it came out, the opening statement, and that we should just move on.
0: She didn't think that the other lawyer saying you were concealing evidence sounded that bad? Correct. I feel as though had I been there, I would have disagreed with that statement. (laughs) I imagine you agreed disagreed with it too.
1: I was probably bright red. And I I was well, okay, you've seen me in trial plenty of I was generally pretty calm and measured. Is that fair?
0: Yes, although I will note that now two out of two episodes that we've recorded have been talking about times when you were not calm. <laughs> I know, it's
1: me. I know. Uh, uh, which is where the stoicism comes in. That's
0: okay. That's, that's I, This is former Brian. I'm probably, Pre-stoicism Brian.
1: I'm probably more comfortable talking about my faults than anything. So that's fine. <laughs> so anyway, the point is it felt really dirty, really low what that attorney did. Um, he knew I wasn't trying to hide anything. And he wanted the jury to believe that I was. And really he was never apologetic about it. I mean, it was just like, yeah, man, that's that's trial. <laughs> I think, and I didn't see it that way and that's fine. But but this passage reminds me that like in the future, like if you think of him as the sparring partner, okay, I just gotta be a little on guard. Like this might happen. There, it doesn't benefit me to rant and rave or pitch a really big fit or just tell every lawyer I know what happened. You know, it's, it's sort of like a, well, this is going to happen. Sometimes your sparring partner will headbutt you Just pay a little bit more attention and be a little bit more careful in the future. And so with that attorney in the future, I, I, I was, I tried to look for things like that. I knew going in that he might do things that I considered inappropriate, maybe unethical, but...
0: This one feels unethical to me, just for the record. <laughs> yeah,
1: we could we, we debate that, too. But point being, if I expect it going in, it's not as big of a shock when it happens, and it doesn't disrupt my emotional state, and not just my ability to try that case effectively, which is important. You know, like you were saying, in the ring at that moment, but then after, you know, why does it need to ruin my day, my week? Go home to family. Tell
0: telling the, tell the story, being being angry, getting red faced again as yeah, you retell exactly. it.
1: Repeating is, it. So oh, can you believe I was wrong? And I was, uh, you know, it, it just.
0: You believe this attorney behaved yeah. this way, the conduct of this other person. You're you're letting it, you're letting it permeate. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and carrying that on serves no purpose, and that's why I like this passage. And for the record, as we try to say, sometimes even inappropriate. But the jury did convict um, as charged.
0: So either they didn't believe that you were trying to hide evidence because I imagine you then were able to address it in your closing or later in the trial mm-hmm. to some degree because at that point the cat's out of the bag, right? You're allowed right. to talk and about I it because did. he's talked about Once it.
1: He brought it up. I was allowed to talk about it.
0: So either... I not
1: to let it become the focus because, it, again, that it a distraction. If I was trying that aspect of it, it would have helped. Which maybe was the...
0: I was about to say, all along. you know, yeah. in fact, could that have not been the goal? Yeah. Because the idea of the state... Hiding evidence gets a lot of um, that's like a dramatic, um, very uh, offensive thing to people, right? So it could be that he was trying to get the sideshow to take over the circus, as we sometimes say. Yeah, and, if so, and it, it almost I'm worked, right? Yeah. It almost worked. And, and, yeah. yeah, I think, um, but I think clearly the jury either didn't believe it because they found you to be credible in the way you handled it. Or as you said, from the very beginning with the pretrial hearing, it just didn't matter. Right. You didn't need it for your case. It didn't actually undermine your case. Like the defense attorney wanted to um, make it appear. And the conviction happened anyway. I
1: did.
0: And your reaction to that if anything, could have only hurt the likelihood of that because it could have affected um, your ability to be effective with your witnesses and then with your closing. I think sometimes if we seem, I I don't know that I completely agree with the judge's approach of, oh, it wasn't that bad, so let's completely ignore it. But I do think if we overreact emotionally or even just um, react in a a way that seems like we're taking things personally, sometimes it gives things more credence. Right. certainly more attention in that
1: moment yeah and i think if i had to do it over again i like to think i would have been a little bit calmer about it although i still would have objected and made my argument and i would have addressed it with the jury i would have changed the basic strategy but um the way it affected me emotionally and i think that's what i like about this passage uh, in, in the future you know approach your sparring partners, you know, without suspicion or hatred. Just move on with it. If you got a spar, you got a spar. But um, don't hang on to it and don't turn it into something that it doesn't have to be.
0: And let it impact you long after you leave the courtroom right. or the conference room from your deposition or, or whatever it may be. Right. Um so um as as we've said in our, our first episode, our hope is that is that you take these these stories that that we've learned from and learn from them yourself, and when you're in court this week or next week, and someone uh, throws a punch that you think is uh, unfair or below the belt or or just you know either unethical or, or inappropriate, just take it for what it is. They are in the arena. They are sparring with you, and their sparring rules are different from yours.
1: It's okay to react to it professionally in the moment but don't make it anything larger than it has to be
0: yeah move on move on from it that day move on from it that week and move on from it with that individual person again again you don't you don't hold a hatred for them you just know those are the rules when you're encountering them the next time and it will likely in all um in all likelihood it will assist you in in staying calm when it does happen because you're You're on the lookout. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. See you guys next week.
1: Bye.